Hello and welcome to Volley MD. I'm Coach Mark. And this is Coach Drew. Drew, how's it going? It's going good, Mark. Uh, super excited to start up our new club season here. We hit our first tournament this weekend with my 16s. And I know you had, you had a tournament last weekend with your 13s. And um, we, we do these first December tournaments to just kind of get warmed up. And then our point system and everything starts counting in January. So we're getting geared up for that. Yeah, they don't they don't count for anything, but it's fun to kind of get some tournaments in before Christmas, before they go off on the break to kind of understand what you need to work on and maybe um, have an idea. But I mean, right after Christmas, we have maybe what one practice, two practices before our first official yeah. big tournament, MLK. So yeah, then we jump right into it and get going, and then it all is a roller coaster from there. So yeah, what what do you do differently uh, in your first tournament, maybe versus your tournaments that matter oh that's a good question um my first tournament i'm trying to get everybody in i'm just you know you want to let the kids play and kind of start proving what they can do on the court and you know i think you start seeing more from the tournaments than you do from just the practices and that's kind of their first opportunity to step up and hey coach look this is what i can do you know and you see who's gonna you know be aggressive and who's gonna play hard and work hard for you. And I think that's the first step in kind of figuring out what your, what your lineup is going to be. So that's that, true. Kind yeah. of my take on it. I mean, it was the same thing for our 13s. You know, we, we got third place and they were all disappointed, but I just reiterated to them, like, you know, third place is awesome. We got a medal, right? They, yep. they got a medal and um, yeah, we wanted to win it all, but it definitely showed us what we need to work on. And stuff we've been working on in practice this week and hopefully you know because we've got another tournament this weekend and hopefully they kill it so um learning process but just having them understand guys it it does matter you know the tournament you know it's a great win but it, at the end of the day it's not going to affect points right now and, and we're just kind of getting ready so yeah yeah so as we kick it off we'll be uh super uh, excited to see how these teams shape up but we we've got some great teams this year and we're looking forward to, to going for a bid and getting back to nationals. So, yeah. Um, all right. So our topic today for, for the first one here is going to be, what do you do differently in coaching younger versus older teams? Um, you know, you have a 16s team. We together have a 14s team and I have a 13s team. And I think there are definitely some similarities in how you can coach those two teams, but I'm more talking about, the younger, younger teams, I'd say 10s, 11s, and sometimes 12s, right? So I'll let you lead us off. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I'll just kind of use my 16s and my 14s as an example, but uh, given what you're, you're asking for with the super younger kids, so I'll kind of apply that as well. But for, I would even say like 13s, maybe some 14s, but all the way down from there, um, obviously you're going to want to definitely work more on skills and mechanics, footwork. Um, and you're going to have to really be patient with the younger girls. That's the biggest thing for me is try to be patient, try to be patient. And I, sometimes I get caught up and want to push forward and do more stuff, but until they can get the footwork, right. And they get the mechanics, right. Of the swing of, of the passing of the serve. Um, you, you can't move on until you, are solid and polished in those areas. And then you can start adding little pieces of strategy as you go, but it's definitely more of a patience thing in game with those kids. And 
you've really got to put more effort in your practices, uh, focusing on just those skills. And I, I would say for even the, the really younger teams, you know, 75% of the practice at least needs to be skill-based and footwork just because you, you, you can't stress that stuff en- uh, enough whenever they're learning that approach and, and, you know, footwork to the ball when they're passing, because that's what matters at those younger ages. So, you know, you get the 16s, you get the older girls, they're obviously more polished in those areas. They've done it. They've been there. They, uh, they know what they're doing. And then you can go right into more strategy and having more fun and doing more gameplay. And, you know, I like to teach through gameplay more with my older groups. And I think that's why I'm, you know, I have to admit, I'm probably enjoying my 16s a little bit more right now. Um, just because the fact not because my 14s are awesome. I love those kids to death, but I'm able to do more with the 16s right now than the 14s. We're having to break things down, make it slower, teach the mechanics. And that it's more of a, a process with the younger teams. And later on in the season, I'm going to be absolutely loving the 14s. I mean, it's just slower at first. And for me right now, I, I'm able to do more with the 16s. And so I'm like all kind of excited to be doing this stuff. And then the 14s, is, it's a slower process, right? So um, that's kind of my thoughts on that topic. But when you're coaching the younger, the younger age, age groups, patience, patience, patience. Yeah, so. I think you can go down the rabbit hole on this, um, just trying to figure out, like, do I have a super advanced 11s team? Do I have a less advanced 16s team? Do I have all the girls that do exactly what I want them to do? But I want to just preface by saying this is just we're going, uh, you know, you got a you got a decent 16s team, 13s team, 14s team, whatever. But you have kind of beginners in that uh, 11s. 10s, 11s, 12s age. I think our club, you know, does a good job of of um, getting in positionals and getting girls to to advance their skills that way. So there's a lot of skill work that goes in outside of practice. You know, having two practices a week is not a lot to be able to go, you know, strategy on on rotations and service patterns and such like that. But I think you know, just a couple thoughts on say coaching tens and elevens, you're probably more so not requiring them to get three touches every time, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to kind of encourage rallies. Uh, That's a good focus point. These girls will learn a lot from, uh, you know, having rallies, having um, opportunities to just play versus, Hey, I tried to pass. I tried to set and, and, you know, the swing didn't go over or something like that. So, you know, maybe you encourage uh, three touch contact, but if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. You got to teach these girls how to play. Um, yeah. Serving wise, right? With with the younger ages, I don't even think you necessarily require them to go overhand. You got to teach them underhand. You got to teach them overhand. And in some cases, you might even teach them a fist serve. You know, yeah. I'm not huge on that. You know, I want to teach them the right way. But uh, early on, when the girl just does not have the power, you just have to to find a way to like. If I can go overhand with a the fist, then I might. <clears throat> I might do that initially. And then when I get more comfortable with my hand, I'm doing that, uh, that process. Right. Yeah. And again, with, with 16s, you're, uh, you know, even, even 14s, right. We can, we can develop strategy. We can go more into a six, two format with is the, the two set, the two setters and rotating and all that with, with a younger age, you're probably more so going to a four, two where you have front row setters that don't have to release from the back row. 
and necessarily set a, an extremely difficult ball um, to a right side, which is that's probably a, a harder set for most. So you're just worrying about the the middle set and the outside set and um, and all of that. But further than that, you know, the older teams you're probably teaching them how to hand set, right? Mm-hmm. And the younger teams you're definitely teaching that, but you're probably focusing more on that that pass set, that that bump set, because you know not a lot of girls are super strong to push it up as high and let's be let's be honest the the passes aren't going to be to target most of the time so they're going to have to run them down so um you know less strategy there on the on the younger ages a little bit more advanced strategy and defensive systems and all of that and um even more down balls i mean do you do a lot of down balls or just a lot of free balls because they're not probably seeing a lot of those hard hits um that they would in the in the older ages so just some differences yeah. there on on what you're going to see with 10s and 11s, for instance. And we've got a, a lot of really good 12s teams. So I think you can advance strategy kind of starting in that in that area. And um, just as the the very basic younger teams, you know, um, I think be patient, like you said, and make sure you're teaching the skills as much as possible and don't stress too much about um, three contacts and, and overhand serve and, you know, hand setting and all that. Yeah, a couple, couple more things. Um, one, and I, I said this earlier, but we say this all the time, break it down, break it down, break it down. As coaches, we especially if you've played, you you know how to teach those skills. I mean, when you're doing this in private lessons, right? But you're, you've got to break it down sometimes and show them um, how to do the skill the way you want it to do it. Show them, here's how we're doing it. Here's how we want to do it instead of this other way and you know it's it's a thing that it's it's hard to sometimes do that because you want to move on and do other things and other drills but it even with the older girls like the other day i was showing a lot of them like just how on our float serves what they were doing and then how to fix that and to how to make it better so even with the 16s we we break it down and i I was working on blocking and that footwork and showing them how to move their arms and their hands and what their hands need to look like. I got up on top of a box and showed them this is the final position your hands should be in when you're blocking. Little things like that because they need to have a focus on those little tweaks and those little mechanics that's going to – that's you know, at the end of the day, it's going to help them get those touches they're looking for versus, you know, what they're doing. And – when we break it down, it slows things down. And that's where a lot of coaches cringe, right? Cause like, Oh, I'm slowing it down. Our practices are so slow, but with the younger girls, it's so critical. You have to do it. Um, because they just don't know, they don't know the footwork. They don't know the mechanics and you just can't rush through it. Right. Um, the other point I was going to say too, with the older girls, um, you can push them a lot harder. You know, we can coach them tougher, we can speed things up when things look good. We can make sure that we're we're setting a pace and a tone with practice that is going to make them work really, really hard. And the younger girls, not as much. You can some, like you said, the pace, depending on how uh, advanced the team is. But you can definitely push the older girls harder. And that's something that um, coaches just definitely need to focus on when they get those older age groups. Yeah. I mean, just one more thought on it really, you know, the, with the younger ages, I also don't think you're focusing a lot of time or maybe any time on blocking, 
right? So right. some girls can't even get up above the net. It is a shorter net, but in those 10s and 11s, you're not getting above the tape. So why block, right? Pull them right. off, have them pass. There's not really hitters to block anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, in, in the 12s, uh, even some 11s, there, there are some good hitters and some good teams. So it depends on the team you have. You have to assess, do I have tall hitters? Uh, can we implement systems? And if you, you do, then absolutely you, you go forward and you teach them as much as you can. Some coaches, uh, have a, a bit more practice time than others. And, you know, maybe, maybe good girl. I mean, you have, you see in our region, especially a lot of, uh, top, top clubs and even our club have, have really good 11s and 12s teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more strategy you can base on that, but some of the lower level teams, for instance, maybe the, the, the third teams, the fourth teams, you're not going to spend a lot of time on that because they just can't do that skill. So teach them what you can and, you know, just encourage the game. And and from there, you're just trying to get them to continue to enjoy the game. Um, you know, share the love for the game as well, and just make sure they have a good experience with learning, um, all they can. So, yeah, uh, one more thing on it and then we can move on to the next topic. But I think one thing that we really need to try to do to encourage the younger kids, because the older kids will do this, but, encourage the girls, the players to ask a lot of questions. A lot of the younger kids, they, they are listening and they're, they're coachable, but they don't really know how to ask questions. And the older girls, they're sometimes like, they ask me like a million questions like, Hey, how do you want to do this? How do you, we want to, what do you want on this? You know? And that helps us as coaches, you know, cause then we can tell them, Hey, here's my philosophy on this. This is how you need to to run this set or this is how we want to run this play or this defense and the younger players, they will absorb stuff, but also encourage them to ask questions and what they can do better in their game. And that will help you as a coach. It'll, it'll help guide you to making those players better and feeling like they have, you have a culture where they can learn um, the best possible by asking a lot of questions. So Anyway, just a thought there for coaching. Yeah, that's good stuff. What's your topic, Drew? Okay, so this is kind of a little bit of a it's it's not a not a joke, but it's a it's an ongoing thing with our 14s parents right now. That's it's hilarious. We we've heard this, and I don't know who came up with this, but it's trust the process. And what is trust the process? And the parents see this posted all the time by other coaches and stuff. So. We, we've kind of made it, it's been a, like a little bit of an ongoing uh, joke with the with the parents and the answer to every question now is trust the process and our group <laughs> me and it's it's really funny but I think there is a, there is an answer here of what is trust the process and so that's what we're going to discuss today and Mark's going to Mark I'm going to ask you what are your thoughts on it first and then I'm going to give my feedback so what do you what are your thoughts here I mean stuff we've talked about before you know with parents trying to understand what the coaches are thinking, what are the coaches doing? You know, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? I think at the end of the day, they're there to support the girl, their, their daughter, their, their son, even, I mean, there's, there's boys playing too. Right. So trust the process for me just means like I'm all in. Uh, I trust the coach. I trust the club. Um, I trust the team. And at the end of the day, uh, I trust that my daughter or my son will, uh, get the most out of the season and grow as a player, as a, as a human being. Oh man, that's a good answer. I really, I really liked what you said about trusting and being, uh, as far as all being all in like that is, 
that's super key in creating a, a culture when everyone is able to trust each other and everyone's looking around and they see all these players are hundred percent in like they want to be here. They want to work hard. And in that process, it's everyone's growing, right? Everyone's getting better. That's the, that's the end goal is to, to do your absolute best as a team. Um, so that, that all in is, is great. Um, for me, what I think the <laughs> trust the process is, is the process it, growing is the process basically is the way I look at this. Um, and when you're, when you're growing, sometimes that means you're going to have ups and sometimes that means you're going to have downs and in the moment of, especially the downs. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Cause you see a lot of, you know, coaches post, Oh, we did great, but we lost the, the last game of the finals and okay. Trust the process, trust the process. Well, what they're saying is, is we had a little bit of a down, but in that moment of of the down of losing what did we learn and are we going to grow from from that basically because it's so easy in in this game to get mad and to get frustrated and start pointing fingers and you know doing i've we've seen it all like parents will go crazy or kids will throw a water bottle across the gym and we you know we lose um, we, you know, we lose our emotions sometimes in, in competitive sports. And I think what you have to remember in all of it is that you're going to have these moments where you're, you're going to have these big downs and you lose and you don't perform as well as you want to, but the process is growing. Right. And what did you learn through those moments of losing? And, you know, when, when someone puts, says, trust the process, trust it. Well, it's the process of growing and getting better and, and ultimately reaching the best player you can be. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. And if you don't trust that process, then you're just, you know, you're going off and you're losing, you're losing control of your thoughts and your emotions. And you're not seeing the big picture is that you're going to have those times of ups and downs. And sometimes it's winning, sometimes it's losing, but we, we try to take everything in as a, as a, an addition to the experience and we want to, to that experience to lead us to be our absolute best. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why we coach. That's why that is the biggest reason I have my daughter in uh, a sport. You know, it doesn't have to be volleyball. <clears throat> you know, she, she could do anything she wants. She chooses to do volleyball. She loves volleyball. And I feel like it's helped her immensely, um, you know, grow and be part of a team and, just experience a lot of different ups and downs that overall should help her, you know, in life. Um, that there was yeah. a saying or a, or a, a thought about the process in, in, uh, it was a former Olympian and the, the quote kind of was that you're not going to feel great all the time and you shouldn't feel bad all the time. Right. So I think the, the idea here is the rule of thirds. You're going to feel amazing a third of the time when you're practicing, when you're playing, when you're doing with training, you're going to feel average a third of the time and you're going to feel crappy or, or not as great a third of the time, because mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said. If you're feeling great half the time or more, you're probably not pushing yourself enough. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I think yeah. uh, if you're feeling poor you know, more than half the time or, or uh, more than a third of the time, even you're probably not doing what you need to do correctly, or, you know, you have the wrong yeah. 
people in your life that are that are training. I, I don't know what it is, but at the end of the day, I like that. And I've, I've told my daughter this too, and just understand it's not going to be all, you know, uh, frills and, and the best all the time. You're going to have some good days. You're going to have some bad days. I think that's mm-hmm. also part of the process. Um, and as coaches, we deal with that too. Sometimes you have great wins and then you turn around and have a, have a, oh my gosh, what, what happened? You know, we, we should have yep. beat this team and we didn't. So, yeah. um, and that's all part of the process and understanding, um, there are emotions that go on in the team. There are different ebbs and flows that we have to go through. And, uh, at the end of the day, trusting the process is, uh, allowing parents mostly to take a step back and understand that there is a process <clears throat> and, um, they should just follow the process and understand that most of the time coaches have the, uh, the best interest in mind for the, for the kids. That's why we do it. Yeah. I'm going to tell a quick story because I think it's very relative to what we're talking about, but this is like probably seven, eight years ago, I was coaching a 16s team and we went to Spokane for our first qualifier. And it was like my, I loved Spokane. It was such a great experience there. And we were a good, we were a good team. We were a very solid uh, second team and we played USA in 16s and we made it to the, we played like absolutely phenomenal all the way to the semifinal match, which was the qualifying match. And we went to three with this team. I think it was uh, AP and they beat us in the final or in the semifinal and they moved on to the finals and we played for the third place match. And that was for an also for a bid. And the girls were, were disappointed. And I was just trying to get them fired back up. You know, we can do this, we can do this. And, you know, when we came out, we just came out flat and I think it was kind of already over before it started, you know, just because of their mental state they were in, but we played great all weekend. We ended up losing that match and we got fourth and I had never been in that position before of losing the match to get a bid. And that was, that was hard. I didn't take it so well. I'm just going to admit it. I, but I did walk away and I walked away for, I just told the girls, Hey, I need a moment. And I walked away. Cause I was, I was really mad. I was very disappointed. The girls didn't push harder. Um, we could absolutely beat the team that we were, we were playing and we, they, you know, we just had a, we had a really bad game, but I took a, t- took, took a moment to, you know, cool down. And cause I've been in, I've, in the past, I, sometimes I've let the girls have it and I regretted that, you know, um, then maybe said some things I shouldn't have said. And, but, you know, learning through that, at least if you're, if you need that time to cool down, you know, take it and then, and then come back and say, tell the girls, you know, Hey, this is what we need to do better next time and focus on this and that. But I did that. I came back in and they knew I was upset. They knew I was super disappointed, but we all, you know, we all parted ways and the girls, definitely had the focus of, Hey coach, we will do better next time. We promise. And, you know, in that moment, I wouldn't have been so upset if I had known what was going to happen the next weekend. Cause the next weekend we went to Vegas and we won the whole thing and we qualified and the girls like made, made up even did more than what I expected. And they really, uh, they made it up to me. And I was just, you know, back, take it back to that moment in Spokane. If I would have just known that and I would have, I would have, it would have been, I'm like, Oh, no big deal. But that's part of the process, right? Like you don't know, you really don't know what's going to happen, but you have to learn through every moment and every situation that you go through. And, um, I was so proud of that team for, for proving it to me that, Hey coach, we're going to, 
we're going to prove this to you. We're going to do it. And they came out and like I said, next weekend they won, they won the whole thing. So it was a learning, it was a learning experience in Spokane. And so whenever you, you have those moments, you just got to take them for what they are and you've got to make the best of it, even if it's a really sucky situation, you know, but that's part of growing and part of life. And the other thing you said that was great was life lessons, right? There's so many life lessons to learn through this great sport. And I, I love teaching those life lessons to my players. So, yeah, that's, that's a good story. I, I, I remember you tell me about that. It was a, that was a good team. I think I was a part of that practice at one point where I came in and we, we talked about how they were as a team and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, their, you know, focus, their yeah. dedication and all that. So mm-hmm. it was a good team. I, I love those setters too, that you had. Yeah. Um, just, just one thing to, to add before closing this one up, but uh, I think it's, it's worth understanding, you know, if you're a parent, if you're a, you're a kid, uh, an athlete listening to this too, that coaches have their share of emotions. We, we pour oh, yeah. our heart and soul into the season. A lot of the time, it's not just a paycheck for me or drew. We, we do this as a passion. We do this as a love, uh, for the game and a love for our athletes mm-hmm. and we want them to grow. And so as seasons come and go, we grow as coaches. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. I've grown over the, yeah. the last, um, couple years even um as i've gotten a little bit more understanding about the game a little understanding more about my mental toughness and discipline and all that so you know we're humans at the end of the day we we probably don't say a lot of the stuff right but we try our best of course and we we want to make sure that we teach these girls as much as possible because as they go and they finish you know maybe they they stop early you know after 16s or they follow through all the way to college whatever it is I want them to take something away from it and, and, uh, you know, and we, we take away from, from it as, as we can too. So good, good topics, Drew. Yeah. One more thing. Um, cause we just got a few more minutes here. I think trust the process for parents, um, is a little different because, you know, they're on the sideline. Right. And I think trust the process for parents is also letting your daughter be able to have fails fails. You know, they're going to not always be, hundred percent successful in what they're doing and learning those lessons and letting the coaches uh, teach those lessons and, and coach the, um, your daughter and the players is, is that process right as well. So when the, the parents can let that happen naturally, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? And they grow from those failures and the successes are just that much more sweet. So um, it's been a great topic, um, and I, I love to talk about this. It was good. Absolutely. So be sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, VolleyMD, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one.